0: This week's, uh, Parsha is Parsha Tzav. And, uh, the focus really, as last week's Parsha of was focusing more on the general public, Bnei Shal, that want to bring Korbanot and what has to happen in the offerings that they go ahead and bring. This week's Parsha is more from the perspective of the Kohen that are the ones facilitating the bringing of the, uh, of the Korbanot and what they have to do when they bring the korban. Now, it's it's very interesting is that we have, the beginning of the parasha deals with the korban tamid. This is the burnt offering, which is the korban tamid, we'll talk about that in a moment. Al-Mogda, that it be put on the altar to burn the pieces of which burn through the night. Now we have, uh, communally, every day, we have two korbanot that had to be brought. And they were they called the korban tamid. Tamid means it had to be done consistently. It had to be, it was the one in the morning, which is known as the korban tamid shal shachar, and the one of ben Arba'im, the one in the afternoon. Okay? They correlate with what? The two tefilot. The davening that we do, shachris in the morning, and mincha in the afternoon, correspond to the communal offerings of the korban tamid of the morning, and the korban tamid. And that's, that's the, the concept that the korbanot, the Tfilot are k'neget korbanot. The Gmarim Brachot teaches us that that is the concept, that the that neshalem parim sifateinu, that we pay, for the bulls we pay with our lips is that the davening is done. It's actually a fascinating Gemara. The Gemara tells us that uh, uh, in, um, in, 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 uh, in, in Tainus, that Kodesh Baruch Hu told, uh, promised uh, Avram Avinu, this land will be yours, and to your uh, generations, your inheritors, after. And Avram came back and says, How do I know that I am going to be able to inherit it, meaning that I'm going to have the my children, right? He so says, maybe my children will sin, and they'll get punished like the Dor Hamabul, like the generation of Noah, or the Dor Haflaga, when God scattered the people all over the world. So Hashem said, no, when they bring korbanot, when they bring the offerings to me, even if they've sinned, I will forgive them, and therefore I will not destroy them. So Avram Avinu pushes back and he says, but that's only if you have a base amigdash. If you don't have a base amigdash, you know, what's, what's, what's gonna happen if there's no, there's no base amigdash? How can they be assured of their survival? And Hashem says to him, he says that even when there's no base amigdash, I have already recorded in the Torah the order of the korbonis. They're already listed. So even when you cannot bring them, by reciting them, we consider it as if you brought the offerings. And that's why, if you open up a sitter in the morning uh, prayers and chakras, right before the beginning of davening, you have the list of all the korbanot. In the afternoon, the Sfardim do it. They do the ketoret, they do, they do, they, they say the psukim about the korbanot. Ashkenazim don't do it, uh, and in the morning, unfortunately, because people are rushing to get to work, a lot of people cut out the korbanas. But really, it's a very intrinsic, very important part of the tefillah. So you have your korban tamid of the morning, your korban tamid of the afternoon. Now, the Gemara also goes along and says that the Avos, our forefathers, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, were responsible to determine the exact timing. They put into the into creation, the timing of when's the best time for that. So Avram, Vayamod, Avram Bayapalel. we learn from their chakras that we do it in the morning, right? So, it's a combination of the Avos putting into the, the energies for these tefillahs came from them, and, uh, and, and, and the, the, the exact details of it were connected to korbanot, that were put in, uh, they were connected, but you have the morning korban in the morning, and you have the afternoon korban. So Shachris is Avram. Mincha, the afternoon, was Yitzchak. Interestingly, where does Yaakov fit in? So you'll say, well, Yaakov is what tefillah? Myriv, Arvid, right? Mayrev, the nighttime fila. There was no korban brought at night. We don't bring Korbanis at night. So what the Gemara says is that the, what they did was, it's very interesting, is that the slaughtering of the animal... Right there's four avodas that were done when they brought an offering. They slaughtered the animal. They caught the blood. There was Zrika, They caught the blood. They did zrika. They sprinkled the blood. Right. So they they, they I'm sorry. They they they, they the animal. They caught the blood. They walked the blood to the mizbeach, and the final avoda was sprinkling the blood as part of the essential parts of the avoda. There's no actual avoda needed to actually put the animal on the mizbeach. That's like an additional mitzvah, but the avodah is really the sprinkling of the blood. That's really when the service is considered actually having been fulfilled. discharged. the putting the animal on the mizbeach is like like that's dessert. It's not the uh, now. So where do we have room for Avram, for, ya- for Yaakov Avinu? Well, they put what they did was after they dealt with and cut up the animal, dismembered it and put all the pieces aside. Then at night the the fatty pieces and the limbs that had not yet been consumed were put on the Mizbech at night. It wasn't essentially Navoda, so you could do it at night. So the burning of the pieces through the night, that is what Mayeriv corresponds. So think about this for a moment. The actual service of Shachris, Avram Avinu. The actual service of the afternoon service, Yitzchak. The non-essential... Part, putting the meat, the pieces, whatever, that is Myriv, and that is Yaakov Avinu, that corresponds to the Yaakov Avinu, which the, actually is a, a debate in the, in the Gemara, is Myriv essential? You have to daven shachris, you have to daven mincha, women's obligations, we can discuss later, but there are many women that daven shachris and mincha, right? at least shachris, some daven shachris and mincha. Myriv, not so much. Because there's an opinion of the Gemara that Meir is not an essential part of the field. It's not a, it's not a real service. You know, you you know it's not korban, it's bringing the extra meat. So there is, It's, it's Meir, according to some, is, 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 is not a chavah. It's not an obligation. And actually, that's the way the Gemara concludes. The Gemara concludes the davening of Meir is rishus. Rishus means it's optional. However, don't think you can get off the hook now, because the commentaries, the poskim, already, already about seven, eight hundred years ago recorded that since Jews have made Meirith part of their essential service, every Jew, Davin, Shachar, min Meirith, it now becomes an obligation. So even though from the Gemara it's not really an obligation, we made it an obligation. The question I remember hearing from my Rosh a very interesting thing, is that the Bechir the Avos, when you talk about who was the most the, 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 one, the Av that's the, the, in terms of qualities that, that, that reached ultimate perfection is Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov, because what happens is each of the Avos genetically cleaned it out for the next one. So Avram Avinu, from his genes, they cleaned out Yishmael. Yitzchak, from his genes, was cleaned out Esav. The one that was Mitasa Shlema that had all twelve sons that were perfect, was Yaakov. So Yaakov is considered the Bechishos. In fact, the commentaries bring down that when they had this sale of Yosef, the brothers thought that, you know, the same way as there was a bad seed with Avram, and there was a bad seed with Yitzchak, they said... This must be Yaakov's bad seed that has to be removed. That was Yosef. Whatever the explanation is, but Yosef, in fact, was was, you know obviously was a tzaddik and the uh, the penultimate tzaddik, and Yaakov was the was the was really the, the perfect. He was the result of this the genealogical cleansing, so to speak from all the others. And from him was built cloud. Strong. So it's very difficult to understand is that, we're talking about Tfiloh, we're talking about Avoda. Avoda is one of the three, the tripod upon which the world stands. Right? Torah milos chasadim and Avodah. Toreg avodah. Avodah, such an important essential. And Yaakov is like given the, like he's given the snack. He's given the afterwards. Which might not even be an obligation. You know what? So how do you understand this? I heard a pshat from our beautiful pshat. He says like this, he says that, what, it, in fact, tfila is, tefillah is that you are coming to the door of the king or, or you're picking up the phone and you are coming to the door, you're having a direct connection. You have a direct connection. So what did the avos do? The avos were the protectia. Right? The avos were, they helped establish the line. They helped establish the line. So think about it for a moment. The more important the tefillah the less protector you need. Because the tefillah is so important, so, Yaakov has to establish Myriv, because since it's considered the least important of all the tefillah, you need the biggest, the, the big hitter to be the one to come in and create that connection, because basically, in fact, because I'll say it's very interesting, Shema is considered to be, you're coming to the door of the king, and you're knocking on the door, and then comes Mone Esra, he's opening the door. Right. right, It says that's why you have to do Shema after Shema Esther, not the other way around. Because you know, it's like if he opens the door, you got to be there. You know, so that's the. But that's the idea. That like literally in our minds, we think we knocking on the door. Now you have a facilitator. That's the Avos, the facil- the greater, the greatest of the Avos has to be the the greatest facilitator where the Tefillah is the least consequential. But taking that into mind, so they shechted the Korban, they brought a Mizbeach, you had your Shachris, one of the morning, you have the one of the afternoon, then you have, on the Mizbeach is burning these limbs. And that's how this week's Parsha begins. By Davashel Moshe, Tzavus Aaron, Vesbonov, Lemur, Zos Torah, Saola, this is the laws of the Korban, Ola, right? Al Mogda, that has to be on the pyre, ala mizbeach Kol the Adar the Eishim is and the fires the altar will burn it. So through the night, it now is burning. And what happens when it burns? It turns into ashes. Okay. Now, turns into ashes. So now we're going to learn that we always think the first service of the day is what the first was the, the bringing of the carbon Tamid. Of Shal actually, before daybreak, there was another service, and that service was known as the Truma Sadechen. The Trumasadeshan was there was removal of the ashes, removal of the ashes from the mizbeach. It was put on the side of the mizbeach. Right? There was actually, according to the Rambam, two mitzvahs involved. The way it worked was. There was a truma sedation. You took a scoop full of ashes off the altar and put it on the side of the mezbeach. And then you pushed the rest of the ashes into the center. But when that pile became too high, it's called the tapuach. The tapuach was the middle of the mezbeach. When that became too high, then they took all of those ashes outside of the machane, outside of... The, the campsite, outside, and that was called the Hotsa Deshen. So actually, that didn't happen every day, that just happened when the pile would get too high. So there's a side, you put on the side, and then, so that was, and that was the first service of the day. The taking the ashes off the back. and once that happened, then they would bring the carbon tummy. Yeah. Now, it's very interesting, what does the Pasuk start? He had to put on his linen tunic, Bihnesai Vad he would have to put on his linen linen trousers, Yilbash Albasaro, Feyrimes Hadesh, and then he would lift up the ashes, Asher, Tokal Haesh, which was consumed by the fire that Essaola that consumed the Corban Ola al Mizbeach, for Samo et and he placed it next to the Mizbeh. So very interesting over here. He had to get dressed up for this. Means it's a kind of din of a service. Now, even though it only mentions two of the garments, the Ramban brings down, and we, this is the way we pass him, he had to bring the other four as well. All all four. He had to wear all four of his garments. Not just the two, there were four. And we'll see maybe in the Rashi here why it focuses on these two. But it was a full service, and had to be, all the clothes that needed to be worn by the Kohen had to be done for something which, think about it for a moment, it's on the pieces, which themselves are not such an important service, burning on the Mizbeach, that it turned into ashes, he had to dress up before daybreak and do, which was the beginning of the day, take the ashes off the Mizbeach. Alright? And Rashi says, why is it focused on these two garments? It says, Midovad, bodies linen. But, but the the, the uh, so it says, Midovad, Hiak kutonis, it's known as the katonis is the tunic. Umatamud Lomar Bad, uh, Mido, what is Mido Bad? It had to be measured exactly. Means that wasn't like, okay, everybody just goes ahead and, you know, in yeshivas, you gotta dab for the um, but you have to wear a hat and jackets. So they got a hat and jacket stuck there, and anybody, some guy gets a jacket, goes down to his ankles, the other one, you know, it's up to his belly button, but it's one jacket, you know, no. It, it had to be tailor-made. It had to be perfectly fit. Even for this service of removing the ashes, it had to be tailor-made, right? Al-Bisaro, Shaloya Davra Chotitz Bentayim, says Rashi that you can't have anything underneath. And the commenters explain, because since he's dealing with ashes and stuff, you know, you might not want to get dirty and... No, you had to wear it the regular way that the clothing was worn, right? Now, so, let's go to the next verse the Now he did that service. He already moved it. Now he can change his clothes. The bar and he puts on a new set of garments. If it was necessary, we said that that didn't always happen. Only when the tapuah got too high, they would take the ashes out of the machanil makom tar that had placed over there. It had to be a machanil. you are not just dumping it. They put it into a. Pure area where they got rid, rid of the ashes. And Rashi says, "Pasha the God of There's no obligation after you do the Truma Sadeshin that you have to change into the new begodim. but actually, this is a, a the normal thing to do. It's an appropriate thing to do. Because we're afraid it might get dirty when you're dealing with the ashes, right? And then you have to go do the service. But the clothes you use in the kitchen shouldn't be the clothes that you serve with because it could get dirty, so therefore that's the right thing to do to change. But you need to have full clothing for the, the, the full Begadim. All the requirements of clothing had to be used in the uh, so I want to focus on this mitzvah the mitzvah of the truma Sadeshin the removing the ashes to the side the Torah the, the obviously considers it very important because obviously it's, it's, it's making sukkim about it it's a mitzvah to do Cohen has to get up early before the Avodah every day and go ahead and do it he has to put on the regular and you can't just do it in your sweats and uh, you have to put on actual clothes putting on to do it. The Dalai Begadim, it has to fit exactly, you have to wear it the exact way. So that seems to be a very big deal. And so we want to focus on what the message of the Trumas Adeshan is. That's what we want to focus on. The uh, Rab, There is a, uh, Rav Shamsun Rafaul Horesh, Hirsch. Hirsch lived in the uh, 18th century. Uh, he was a, a a Rav in Frankfurt. He was one of the the, the chief protagonist against the reform movement because the germany which we know that's where the reform movement was very very strong and he was like the leader of the orthodox community in uh, a great great philosopher great commentary on his chumash is legendary he also wrote just it should be reading a just philosophical work called the 19 letters it's obviously written in germany for in german he was also the pro- proponent of it's the, the german community what they call the yekkes. Yekka means jackets they didn't at, the, at his in his days. Everyone wore long coats. The German Jews wore short jackets, yeah. like like today the short. And therefore, they were called yekkes. Yekkes means like the, the jacket Jews, the ones that wear the short. Uh, they're called the yekkes. They're, but he was a proponent of what's called Torah and Derech Eretz. Is that people have to study Torah, but you also have to have Derech Eretz. You have to have which means. Be able to support yourselves, and and and, and the, german, the, the german community the German community—very big into, into professionals, you know, the doctors, the lawyers, the scientists. And that was a very that was his philosophy that you can be a good Jew, but you know, and that then became more the, the it was the springboard for what is known as the the, the, the modern Orthodox, you know, that's the uh, Shiva University, Torah Mada, Torah and science. It's a, it's a springboard from the idea of Torah and Derach Eretz. Uh, the 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 notion, but he he says a a, a a beautiful beautiful idea. I want to share it with you before we talk about what I'm going to say today. But he says like this that um, there is there is two mitzvahs over here. Right, we have the mitzvah of the trumas Adeshen, which means take the ashes from last night, from yesterday's korbanus and put it on the side before you start today's service. But then you have the Hotsas Adesh, and when the pile becomes too high, then you take all of those ashes and you throw them out outside of the machane. So he says, what's the symbolism of these two mitzvahs? So he says a beautiful idea. He says like this, he says that it's very, very important that when we, as Jews, as human beings, that we look to move forward, right? You can't ignore the past. You're only going to be successful if you bring some of the past with you in terms of making determinations of what direction you want to do when you are move forward. We know there's a big urge, we see it today, is that almost canceling out anything of the past in order to move forward. You can't cancel the past. You have to bring some of it with you. Which means before you start the new service, Still be connected to the old service. How are you connected to the old service? You're taking that scoop full of ashes and you're putting it by them as bad before you start the new service. So that means I'm not cutting off what happened in the past before I'm moving forward. I'm taking it with me. However, sometimes when people are so focused on bringing the past with them, sometimes you can be focused too much. And then you only focus in the past and that's going to impede on being able to move forward in the future. So when the, the ashes from the past become too high, take them and throw them out, outside of the Machana. So it's a beautiful idea that he's a sort of symbolism of the Truma Sadeshen and the Hotsan Sadeshan in terms of how we need to move forward in life. Take, a, take some of the past, don't live in the past. But don't just live in the future without taking into account the past. I think it's, 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 it's a beautiful idea and I, and that's a, a message that he says. Um so there's different, uh, ideas that are, are offered here. I want to share an idea that I was thinking about and I think it really has very practical applications. You know, uh, Sandra can tell you one of the things that really drive me crazy when I see behaviors among students and actually amongst teachers as well, you know, and parents is that When there, when when there's a, you don't have respect for the facility. If you don't have respect for facility, I think to me if you have, you know, kids that will deface desks or 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 uh, you know vandalism, it's like I have no tolerance for that. To me, it's like this, you know, I can take a lot of things I can take in terms of okay, fine, but when it comes to something like that, I just like that pushes my buttons. You know, we have when kids finish lunch. In the lunchroom, so you can see right away the homes. You know, there'll be the kids that'll get up and clean and put it into the garbage. Okay, I had a situation I remember in, in, in Miami. I remember it was when I was a, you know, I was a teacher there, and one uh, I was I was the actually the high school principal. One of the teachers came to me and said that one of the kids in the class this is already ninth grade, tenth grade. Is shaving is 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 sharpening pencils. They did it back in the day. I don't do that anymore. Was sharpening pencils and it was shaving like piled up and falling onto the floor. And the teacher said, "What are you doing?" You know. So the kid looks at her like you know. He says, "If you make a mess in the house in your own home, you know, would you leave it?" He says, "Well, "Well, there, Yolanda cleans it up." So it's just, I'm not Yolanda. You, you get up and you clean, you know, the idea of uh, Yolanda will clean it up. You know, that's like, uh, it's 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 a very, very important message, A, in terms of like keeping the place clean and keep, keep, keeping the place, you know. We had a situation, you know, just in terms of, it's more than just respecting other people's property. You know, we had a situation last week, one of the is of our mitzvah, some of the kids went into a closet and took out the candy. You know, made a big mess. You know, so that's it's more than just okay. You know, okay, you're not supposed to steal, respect other people's property. You know, so that, that's to me, I mean, obviously, that has to be addressed. But when you talk about in your own school, you know, the own place where you, it, it's more than that, because I think what it reflects is not just I don't respect somebody else's property, right? I don't appreciate and respect what that property does for me. I don't. I, I, it's a complete, complete lack of, especially if you vandalize. it means you don't feel, you don't recognize, and appreciate what it is that this place is doing for you. Right? So that, that, to me, like you know, it's not, it's more than just other people's property it's your property it's it's something that is you should feel very connected it should bother you so just you know you know it's like the old story you know when somebody's visiting the school and says where's the principal and he says oh he's the guy picking up the garbage you know that's it. everyone needs to feel this is my place and this is where i am spending most of my time i need i need to show that i appreciate that so it's, also, it's, it's not only just a sense of not being respectful to somebody else's property, it's not showing the appreciation for something that is being done for you. So that's like, you know, I think that why the Torah is making such a big deal over here, throwing out the ashes, you know, is that this is, the Torah is showing us, this is how the Kohen is expressing how important the actual avod of the service and the base is to him that we're making such a big deal that it's considered a service to just throwing out the garbage is also considered an important service. That's the message. And that's the message we need to have ourselves as well. You know, there's something like this. You know, we've talked about giving chores to kids, but it starts with a husband. You, know, you want to show that you appreciated the meal that your wife made for you? When you throw out the garbage, that shows how you appreciate what the meal was. So it's not just, oh, just throwing out the garbage. Like, why are you asking me to throw out the garbage? You know, there's, there's the famous joke. The fellow comes back from Yeshiva and uh, he finally got a smicha. He's now become a rabbi. And his mother-in-law says to him, he says, says, Avi, Avi, go throw out the garbage. And he says, Ma, he says, I'm a rabbi now, I should be addressed in, 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 in not in first person, right? She says, okay, will the fool please throw out the garbage? You know, it's, uh, but it's, it's an, it's a, a, a critical, it's an important piece of the appreciation is that element. I know my father was very mockbit, and this is different, you know, is that he used to clean off the table on Shabbos. I remember seeing with a with a napkin the crumbs are very important. I'll tell us that that if you're careful with the crumbs that are left on the table, right? If you're not careful with it, it could lead to poverty. Very interesting. If you're not careful with the crumbs on the table, it could lead to prop to to, to poverty. Right? And there's another statement by the way Two statements, and I think they, they have a correlation. There's another statement that says that a, w- a, a wife's tears is what brings poverty in a home. A wife's tears. As it says, and I think there's a direct correlation. There's a direct correlation. You take care of the table. You take, you're showing appreciation. That's the way you're showing appreciation for the meal that was made. The wife what she did, the effort. I'm staying. I'm cleaning. I'm putting my effort in. That's a correlation to the tears. But it's unbelievable. Chazal, Chazal says that, 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 that one of the Amorites one, one of the said to his students. He says, "Be careful for the tears of your wife. The tears of your wife can either bring the the, 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 the lack of them will bring wealth. Having them can bring poverty. Okay? So." The idea of throwing out the garbage is a sense of showing the appreciation of what happened before. And I think that's a huge, huge message. And by the way, it starts with us, but it goes over to the kids. And that's something also that's important. You know, it's what the the children will role model what they see in the house. You want them to take care of the school. You want them to take care of the classrooms, and it's at the teachers too, by the way. I used mean, to be had a rebbe, phenomenal rebbe, energy is great. On Fridays, you used to do a a a a, a kumsitz, right? I walk in there, and there's kugel smashed into the carpet, and you know, no, that's the, and then besides the fact, the general study staff come complaining. Why is it that you know the Torahs aren't that's, that's an important message. You have to give that over. And so probably the key, we talk about values and derech eretz and midos and showing that sensitivity, showing the appreciation, that's respect. And it's, it comes down to self-respect. If you don't respect the place that's servicing you, and you really don't service, you don't respect yourself either. So, I think mean, that's, to me, the message of the ashes. The message of the ashes is, yeah, it's not just throwing out the garbage put on your clothes, put it get approach. be be that's a service, it's an avoda, you need to do this because this is ultimately, this is how you're showing complete appreciation for everything was done before, is by how you're dealing and, 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 and throwing out the trash. That's the message. And 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 obviously with, with our children too, cleaning off the table. My wife used to get very upset. We used to have bochrim. I actually, my kids were in yeshiva in Miami, and I was the modern Orthodox high school, I was the principal. So it was a very interesting thing, is the Bachrim, at a young age, they went away from, from, the house, from their homes to study with dorms, whatever it is. The modern Orthodox kids, they were at home. And my wife was pointed out, is that the kids coming from the modern Orthodox school, and I don't like to generalize, but they would get up, can kind I of help, serve, clean up. And the ones that had gone to yeshiva at a young age, my wife would, my wife would, you got to get up and clean off, you know. Say thank you. You know, my son he won't go to place won't say thank you. My, it's my wife. Why? And the difference is because one, they were the parents were overseeing. The parents were there, you know. But it's a message that if they're not going to learn it from parents, somebody has to teach them. Someone has to learn it. And you know, that's, that's I think very very important that the things that sometimes we look at as insignificant actually could be the most significant in terms of showing what is important and uh, so. This is going to be the last Pesach, one for Pesach. I want to wish everyone a with Sameach. Please, God, uh, everyone should have a wonderful, healthy Pesach. Amen. Amen. Yeah.